hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For my about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. It's very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor are always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you and welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 179. Thanks to our good friends at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you about them shortly. Uh, my name's Trevor Long. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Trevor Long and on the website eftm.com.au. Joining me each and every week, and he's overseas this week, and we'll talk about that shortly. But um, more importantly, he is a proud bunny and a very proud and happy bunny, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. How are you doing? G'day, Trevor. Very well, thank you. Very happy after the weekend's events here. Seeing South win the comp was uh, a dream come true. Literally was a dream come true. That was an amazing, amazing game. And my, um, I have to say before um, before we get jump, jump into tech, a couple of great, I really, mate, really, really enjoyed a couple of things you did on the weekend. The first one was prior to the grand final, you posted a story on Tech Guide as to why you'd turn the site to... Um, in in South's colours and uh, and it was kind of your your lifelong journey through the South's uh, experience and then my favourite thing of all on the weekend other than your really awesome voice bite which I won't play this week because I haven't signed it up but it, again it was just awesome raw emotion um, was was the uh, the split screen photo you and your brother Michael ANZ Stadium forty three years since we last won the premiership and then later on in the night. Just the ecstatic look on your face as the cheering in a photo, and it said 43 <laughs> seconds since we last won a, uh, a grand final. I loved it, mate. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you very much, Gia. What I also did, I look for all my long-suffering Facebook friends too, I tend to vent a little bit about South a win or bit. lose. I always sort of put a, little, put a little match report out there after each game. A lot of people... Their feedback was they really look forward to hearing this report, to reading this report. So what I did is also, and I shared this on Tech Guide as well, I went back and compiled every single Facebook post-match update that I posted into one big story. So you could literally see the roller coaster ride of the season through my eyes on Facebook. So uh, that's on Tech Guide as well. Yeah, unbelievable. And uh, the bunnies get uh, the key to the city. So... A great week for Bunnies fans, a great week for Rugby League, really, because it outrated anything else uh, this year. It'll be the number one rating show of the year for yep. sure, and, and a huge success for the NRL, and more importantly, the Bunnies and, uh, and Russell Crowe and co. So, great stuff, a good week, but uh, we are on very official duty here on Two Blokes Talking Tech with something important to do, and that is to talk tech. Now, a couple of big events on this week. Uh, I couldn't get to either of them, but uh, one's in London and one is in New York, and you've made your way to London. Uh, before we talk about London and Lenovo, HTC have a few people in in New York, and what they're going to announce, we don't really know. In fact, they've done a good job, I think, of, of keeping the rumours at bay, but r- broadly speaking, we're expecting a new phone, uh, potentially something that has a you know strong selfie approach to it, and possibly even an action camera, which really puzzles me. Yeah, I think uh, the, 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 what this event's been called, it's been called the double exposure event is what I've been, been hearing. And uh, 
that that kind of makes sense when you think of the the rumored devices that that selfie camera selfie phone with a, a 13 megapixel front facing camera and the action cam as well because everyone's getting into that field also uh, I think Toshiba even announced their own uh, yes. GoPro knockoff today as well. So um, everyone's trying to get a slice of that action. But uh, no, it'd be interesting to see. I, I was at a HTC event uh, earlier this year in March when they announced the One M8. So it'd be really interesting to see uh, what they're going to unveil. But they, they, that's the hot rumor, the camera, uh, the phone with the strong selfie camera and the GoPro, the GoPro go- the, uh, imitation. The action camera thing puzzles me. I mean, Toshiba's announcement today... Theirs even looks more like a GoPro than any other knockoff on the market. It's it's a it's a real puzzling thing to me. I mean, GoPro is a great quality thing, and the price. This is it's it's like the old Android tablet debate we used to have years ago. Toshiba have priced theirs at several hundred dollars. It's not like it's price competitive compared to the GoPro. It's just a different brand. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I think that all these rival companies are seeing the success of GoPro, and they're 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 thinking that it's a it's a huge market that they want some some slice of. Uh, in the in the case of say Toshiba or even HTC, they've got existing devices like their smartphones and their tablets and laptops. So I think what their strategy would be would to try and make that action camera work even better with mm. their mobile devices. Uh, that's kind of the advantage they have over GoPro, even though there is a really good app that GoPro runs on iOS and Android. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see what it is. All right, and you're in London uh, before a family yep. trip to, to Malta. What, uh, yes, what are we expecting uh, from Lenovo? Well, Lenovo, uh, they're, they're going to expand their yoga range. Remember the yoga tablet that was yeah. introduced by Ashton Kutcher last year? It's Big kind thing. of the, 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 the tablet with, a, with its own stand and it's got like a handle down the side. I think they're going to expand the yoga family. Now, you've got to cast your mind back that Yo, uh, Lenovo now owns Motorola. So there is going to be the possibility, I think, we're going to see maybe a yoga handset here. Right. Uh, hasn't been confirmed. I reckon well, there'll be probably definitely a new tablet. The event isn't for another uh, another day and a half. Uh, uh, it's morning here in London at the moment, but it's not It's not till uh, another day and a half away. And that, that's what they haven't said anything officially, but I think you're pretty safe bet you're going to see a new tablet and possibly even the first Lenovo smartphone uh, using Motorola's uh, IP uh, in, in, uh, in the yoga family. All right, very interesting stuff. So our time, that would be more like Friday, Friday in Sydney, Australian time. That's right, yeah, early early Friday morning. It's going to be uh, your time, late, late Thursday or Thursday night, my time, yeah. So keep an eye on that, and I'll, I'll be updating it on Tech Guide as soon as it happens. Follow the man on Twitter at Stephen Finnick and at techguide.com.au. That's what's happening around the world this week, and that's why Stephen is in London. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finnick. Well, the smartphone is something that we all carry around with us, and a lot of us aren't aware, though, just how closely uh, your smartphone can track where you are. Uh, it, it was—it's an interesting look. If you—if you own an iPhone, even an Android device, the uh, the amount of information about your location that the phone actually collects is very, very interesting. And in some cases, when in the case of the iPhone, when you can really drill down into a menu called frequent locations, it's actually quite confronting to see just how accurately it can track you down. I'm talking yeah. not just suburbs, but addresses and how often you've been there, how long you've stayed there, uh, these sorts of things. I should point out that, that, that this information doesn't leave the device. In fact, every app that you use 
asks for your permission to use your location. A lot of people say no, and, and with good reason. They're, they're scared that their, their information may get out of the device. Uh, Apple assure users, as do Android uh, manufacturers do, they, the, the information doesn't get out of the device. But I think it's something that I think needs to be... I wrote something about it on, on Tech Guide. I also did a little segment about it on, on Studio 10 the other day. It is something that people, A, need to know about, B, need to know why it's happening, and C, know how to turn it off. Yeah, look, and, and it is scary to people, and I get that, but you, you, Stephen's right. It's not information that leaves your device. It's information that makes the experience of the smartphone better. Now, when you, when, if you've noticed when you scroll your finger down from the top of an iPhone, it says, you know, Wednesday the 8th of October, it tells you about the weather, and it might also tell you uh, it'll take you 45 minutes to get back to Warunga tonight. And here's how I knew about this this service last year, this time last year. We were living with my parents-in-law. And suddenly, every afternoon when I was at work, it would say, instead of my, my home suburb, which, which is Thornlea, it would say, it's going to take you 45 minutes to get to Warunga because it knew that every night for the last three weeks, I'd been going to Warunga where my parents-in-law live. And so it automatically just goes, he doesn't want to go back to where he, where he normally lives. And it's very interesting because it allows things like, and we'll talk in a minute about CarPlay, but it allows your other devices and certainly your app, your maps to say, well, hang on a minute, you're, you're, you're nearby, you know, Artarman. Do you want to go back there now? Because we assume you just want to go back to work. It's very, very smart stuff, and it does help and improve the experience. It's just sometimes a little freaky to people, I guess. It is a bit, but, yeah, you're right. It is, it is doing it for a reason. It, it does help you. Like one good example is it, it geo, geo tags your photographs, so it yeah. knows where you took your photo. Uh, it also, like you said, on, in your navigation, if, if it can give you traffic information, can estimate your the time of your travels because it knows where you are. So things like that. And if you, of course, if you want to post on social media where you are, as we often do, then that's another use of it as well. So it does. It, it is. It is a case of your phone stalking you because it's with you all the time. But no one else can actually get that information unless you lose your device and it doesn't have a passcode or fingerprint protection on it. So another reason to protect your device with that, but it's all for your own benefit, no one else's. And look, for people, we've talked a little bit about iPhones there, but let's not kid ourselves. Uh, Android phones, I actually think, are a little bit more freaky. But again, it's all for good reason. If you're an Android phone user, I recommend you quickly go to maps.google.com forward slash location history. And what you'll see there is you'll see all the data that Google has about where you've been. Now, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember going to Melbourne in August. But it's telling me that I went to Melbourne uh, and it was August 14th. Uh, I honestly can't remember why I was there. Um, but Were you kidnapped? Were you, maybe you were kidnapped. You didn't know you were there. I'm going to have to look it up now because it's freaking me out. But it shows me. I can see it. I took a road trip out to the country. I can see Wagarin or Andrew and Griffith. So it shows me a lot of information about um, about what I'm doing. And uh, it's 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 there for a reason. You have to opt out of it if you if that's what you want to do. So, yeah, an interesting one to to be careful of. But not. I don't believe you should be worried about it. But if you're one of those kind of tin hat wearing people, definitely you need to delve into the settings and learn how to turn it off, don't you, mate? Absolutely right. Yeah, I think people, as I said, are alarmed when they see this information. But once it's explained to them, it's for their own benefit. Uh, then they calm down a little bit. But if you're still paranoid. Turn it off. You know, if you don't want to be tracked, then 
there's an off switch. There's always an off switch for all these kind of crazy things and uh, no reason to be really sceptical and concerned. Often it's actually a case of just dig in and find out why they're doing it. And also, when you turn it off, you'll probably quickly realize why you've turned it off. Anyway, uh, I remember now, I actually went down to Melbourne for a funeral, so uh, that's that's good memory. There you go. Part. Uh, but they, Google Google knew that better than I did. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, some time ago, Apple announced uh, CarPlay, which is an in-car entertainment system um, that pairs with your iPhone. And uh, this is this is a fair while ago. And at uh, WWDC earlier in the year, there were uh, some some parked cars, an old Mustang that you got to have a look in, Stephen, yep. uh, that were that were showing uh, Apple CarPlay running in an aftermarket uh, stereo systems. Pioneer back then uh, announced that they would uh, add CarPlay functionality to some of their models and. Uh, as crazy as it sounds, I've been waiting for the announcement that came on Friday for literally four months. Um, I had a Pioneer stereo installed in my little old Mazda 2 um, four months ago in the anticipation for, for, for this being released. But the process of certification with Apple was such that Pioneer literally had to do a lot of work to get this thing working. And finally, last Friday, a firm, firmware upgrade was announced. Uh, and made available on the internet. So people that own three specific types of uh, Pioneer um, head units uh, can upgrade their stereo. So I did this, Stephen, and I've got to tell you, driving my little Mazda 2 has never been so awesome because now when I plug my iPhone into my, my little Mazda 2 and, and it's Pioneer car stereo, it automatically comes up with an Apple-like interface. So I can see a phone icon, a message icon, music icon, maps icon. I've never had sat-nav built into my car and I've now got Apple Maps built into the car. I've got Siri reading my SMSs out to me. Um, it's it's actually to use on a day to day drive. It's very very good, yeah. Stephen. Outstanding, yeah. And and first of all, congratulations, Trevor. He Trevor was the first person to really do a full review of CarPlay, and as a result. It got picked up around the world, this story. So Trevor's name's up in lights, Boy Genius Report and Mac Rumors. Everyone was linking to EFTM. So congratulations on that, mate. That was a great effort. Your patience paid off. Yes. I did read your review, and uh, I've got to say, I can't wait to get, get this for myself to use because it does kind of bring that Apple simplicity to the in-car experience. Mm. Now, the, the, Apple, I think, showed a lot of foresight here by creating this type of interface because it does, it does sort of attract more people to the Apple ecosystem. That's right. Uh, and having, having this kind of, uh, you know, if, if you were going to buy a car that had CarPlay, of course you're going to buy an iPhone. Yeah. You, the, 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 having this in the car and the ease of use for your, for your apps, for your messages, for your, for your navigation, for your podcast. I noticed I, did, I, I saw your podcast pictures that had my podcast there, your podcast, our podcast, the Two Blokes podcast, all there, and as easy to listen to through your car as if you were just pl- listening to them on your, on your iPhone. So and well done. The whole concept of the, the hands-free experience, I think they call it the eyes-free experience as well, it is genuinely better than I've experienced before. Now, to be clear, for the last several months, I've had this fantastic Pioneer car stereo on my car, which had Bluetooth. I've got hands-free calling and all those different things. But there is something about, and, and you know, no one wants to really admit it, but I, I have been caught myself, as in not by the police, but I certainly have used my phone at a set of lights, reading a text message or whatever, and you just shouldn't be doing that. And I've got to tell you, genuinely... I'm relying so much more on Apple, Siri, to read my messages to me because she does that. So what happens is you're driving along 
and it pops up on your screen. You, you tap the screen once. That's all you got to do. On this model that I've got, there's probably voice integration with others. And and I actually did a YouTube video because I had so many questions about the system. And I and at the time I did this YouTube video, my wife was at her mother's house and her phone was flat. So she sent me a shopping list from her mother's phone. So I've got a, I've got a video of Siri saying, you have a new message from Mrs. Kerslake, Granny because that's what she's in in my phone, and it actually reads out a shopping list. And, you know, Siri nails it. And and then I'm able to, using my voice while I'm driving along, I, I'm just able to say, reply, no problems. Um, I was able to compose a message and say, hi, this is just a test message, ignore it. You can't read old messages while you're driving along. You can only uh-huh. read out new incoming messages or compose new ones. So there's a lot of safety yep. built into it. The Maps is excellent. Re- Really good integration and uh, and just a great interface because you're used to it. You know, you're used to what Apple Maps looks like. So I think this will be very Absolutely. successful. To be clear, you you there are no new cars that have it yet. There are 20 manufacturers signed up to bring cars to market with it. But the only way you can get it today is if you've got a car that you're willing to rip the center console stereo out and put a Pioneer in, and you're up for around thirteen fourteen hundred dollars at a minimum there including installation and different face plates and stuff but you know in terms of value that's very good for a stereo that with this functionality outside of even apple carplay but the one hook i'll give you is you can't do it in every car so for example we've got a a four-year-old holden commodore and i thought that's perfect we're putting this thing in there but because the center console screen controls the air conditioning and other functions of the car you can't replace that so you may yeah. be disappointed. So do a bit of research, have a look around. I go to an aftermarket car installation place and see what they say. But well worth the experience if you if you are a, a regular driver and a regular iPhone user in my in my view. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, yeah, the, the whole safety aspect too, where it's got a more eyes on the road, hands off your phone. That can only be a benefit. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, in the actual, not not the aftermarket, but the actual built-in versions of this. Mm. I do know the car that I drive uh, says that, that they say that there's going to be a possibility of a firmware upgrade yeah. to the existing the existing um, car system. Mm. So hopefully that'll come through. But I can't imagine that coming through before uh, well, early 2015. I imagine. And and just finally to wrap up to to paint the picture for people on how that will work. Um, if you've not been in a in a recent model Holden, it's, this is the example. Go into a Holden dealer and ask them to show you the MyLink system. So you've got a normal stereo. It looks fine, looks normal. You listen to the radio, play CDs, whatever. But when you plug your phone in, and on an iPhone, you've got the Stitcher or the TuneIn Radio or the Pandora app installed, and Ford just announced some of this stuff today as well. What happens is the system knows that you've got those apps running, and it then allows you to play those apps through the, through the stereo system. So stereo works normally without a phone attached, but it just becomes slightly different with the phone attached. And CarPlay will just be one feature of that. So Holden will still have their MyLink, Ford will still have their Sync. CarPlay will just be something as a, an added software feature. So well worth looking out for. I think though, kind of mid to, mid to early next year, uh, more likely for that in uh, manufactured vehicles. But as you say, uh, full review videos and everything at eftm.com.au. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for more information about any of their uh, wireless solutions, networking for your home, uh, modems, modem routers, um, or Wi-Fi routers. Seriously impressive stuff. The Netgear Nighthawk X6 is uh, is the piece de resistance. It's a, a tri-band Wi-Fi router, and there's never been Wi-Fi like it. The uh, Nighthawk X6 AC3200 router, 
with breakthrough tri-band Wi-Fi technology was built to connect to each and every device in your home automatically and simultaneously. Laptops, tablets, phones, TVs, games, consoles, music streamers, cameras, doesn't matter what it is, if it's Wi-Fi enabled, it's X6 accelerated with a massive combined wireless speed of 3.2 gigabits per second. Um, the three Wi-Fi bands really help you create the best network in your home with Smart Connect, which means your devices are assigned to the fastest Wi-Fi connection possible and optimized for maximum speed. Check it out at netgear.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, Stephen had his glory, glory moment there, and you know there's no reason why we can't enjoy a bit of glory, glory while we talk about uh, the NRL Grand Final, of course, Stephen. But uh, you know, social media lights up these days, doesn't it? With uh, with it these does. big sporting events, and you know, I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit reluctant to talk about records because obviously over the next few years there's always going to be records set by social media because it's such a new thing. But you know, some really interesting stats came out of the uh, out of the event from Twitter. They're, they've got a very good engaged team here with John O and Danny and the team. And you know, obviously the most tweeted moments were the win. But interestingly, the Greg English try was number two, mate, because I think that was just such a great moment. He had he did the goanna. You know, it's a great reflection of the event, isn't it? That that what happens on social media. Absolutely right. Yeah, I think this. I wrote this story uh, very happily. Just another excuse to write about the mighty Rabbitohs. <laughs> but um, the, the Twitter, the Twitter experience, though, uh, in terms of the most mentioned players, there was Sam Burgess, Greg Inglis, George Burgess. But Souths also won the hashtag battle as well. So the Go Rabbitohs hashtag score was in seventy-eight uh, percent of tweets to do with the grand final. Unleash, which was the Bulldogs hashtag, was in only seventy-two percent. And I spoke to Jono Simpson from Twitter Australia, and his interview is actually featured in my Tech Guide podcast, episode 117. Uh, but the most interesting tweet of the night, I think, came from Kathy Freeman. Kathy Freeman tweeted, What a night, the best sporting moment of my life. Mm. So proud of the Rabbitohs. She's won an Olympic gold medal and said that was the biggest sporting moment of her life. And, well, and, and, and just. She had been working with the club yes. for the day earlier. She presented the, uh, the no, actually earlier in the day, she presented the team with their jerseys and gave them a bit of a pep talk in terms of she told them that they had to claim their moment, which is what she did in the 2000 Olympics. She said that this was their opportunity to claim their moment. And by all reactions, the players were inspired to do just that. And she tweeted that uh, about, about uh, that on the night. And uh, that was a very popular tweet, I have to say, as well. She, that was the first time. This is what I couldn't believe. That was the first time she'd been back to Stadium Australia. We now know as ANZ Stadium since her gold medal winning performance in the year two thousand. That's I mean, unbelievable, really. So she'd never been back there since then. Incredible. So you know she's she's got two fair nights on the calendar in, in her repertoire. That's not bad at all. I just hope she goes to every South Coast. <laughs> anyway, it, it, it was a huge event on on social media, and a full wrap up of that at techguide.com.au with Stephen there, and as you say. Download the uh, the Tech Guide podcast episode 117 for um, for Stephen's interview with John O. Simpson from Twitter, head of sports in Australia on Twitter. Um, great stats and a lot of information there on uh, on the event. But uh, once again, go the bunnies.
Well, we do love our apps. Uh, Aussies love their smartphones and, of course, love downloading apps. And the Australian Communications Consumer Action Network, that's ACAN for short, uh, has released a really interesting uh, research about our behaviour as app downloaders. Now, I think the nicest way to say this is that we're, we're a little bit on the cheap side. We are 65% like to download. Uh, they don't like to download paid apps. We love the freebies. Uh, but there are some interesting stats here to show that there are a lot of us that spend less than $20 a year on apps and in-app purchases, and there's a few of us that are concerned that some of our information may be shared. So interesting snapshot of that, Trev. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think, you know, for me, and I, I do a couple of spots every week talking about apps on, on radio stations, and, you know, I find myself continually now talking about these free apps and literally Rather than saying this one's free, this one's five ninety five, I'm always saying this one's free, and the highest in app purchase you can spend is sixty four dollars, and the lowest is two dollars. Because while they're free, they're probably not really free. That's that's the kicker, and I think people are yep. are learning that slowly. It doesn't really surprise me that that we love our free apps because hey, wouldn't you love anything that's free? Well, I mean, you know, it's not rocket science, is it? Yeah, of course. But the interesting part of this, though, was that 42% of those who actually did spend the money said that they didn't receive what they were expecting. So wow. their expectations weren't met. So it is, I think it does occur that there might have to be some kind of system where I think I don't know if the App Store does this, but there needs to be like a cooling off period where if you're not happy with your purchase, you'll be able to get a refund. Google Play has um, that. If you download it and yes. pay for an app on Google Play, you can very quickly get your money back uh, within a set period of time, which is but, excellent. But not, not in the App Store, That's though, correct. is it? So, yeah. but, but, but of these people, 18% said they spent money unintentionally through automatic credit card charges. Uh, and there have been other cases that we've heard of where kids have downloaded a game app and made all these in-app purchases, which then end up costing a lot of money as well. So... Yeah, and you look twenty twenty eight percent of iOS users say they carefully read the the permissions before um, you know downloading it, describing what the app would need. Um, only twenty one percent of Android users do that, despite the fact that Android makes it easier to to understand that stuff. But yeah. I guess what How, I who reads that, Trevor? Who reads that stuff, mate? You're just hitting okay, okay, okay. No one reads that stuff. Well, it's like what we talked about earlier with location services. It pops up every yeah. time. I want access to your camera. I want yeah. access to your microphone. I want access to your, to your yeah. location. I want access to your Bluetooth. It asks you one by one on iOS, and I think that's a good thing. What I what I give Apple 100% credit for is that even on a listing now for an app, if it's free, underneath that it says offers in-app purchases. And so yes. without any question, you'll know that. If it's free... It doesn't say that. So when you download Voice Byte, it says free. There's no in-app purchase. Yeah. It doesn't say that. When you download Angry Birds, it says free offers in-app purchases. So keep your eye out for that. Learn about that and be informed about these things before you go downloading apps. It's the it's the right thing to do. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, we went out to... Uh, EB Games Expo uh, the other week, one evening, and uh, I was gone very quickly. But you, my friend, anchored <laughs> down, found yourself a space among 20 or 40 computers playing the very latest Call of Duty multiplayer, jumping, buzzing, hovering. I don't know what else you were doing, mate, but first impressions yep. of the ultimate game for Stephen Fennick and millions of others, multiplayer. What did you think, mate? I loved it. I think uh, I interviewed Michael Condry, the co co-founder of Sledgehammer Games. Again, that's another interview in uh, Tech Guide episode one one seven. And my one word description to him was "Wow." 
the the new multiplayer for Call of Duty Advanced Warfare has really had taken out all the stops. Uh, it's added so much added gameplay. Like the biggest thing change is that the players now wear an exoskeleton, and what that means is that it gives them added capabilities. So they can they can do power jumps and jump two stories high mm. and dodge sideways and. And the, the whole, the, you know, not only is that really enhances the gameplay, but uh, even the maps, uh, you know, the, the, the reaction to all of that uh, is really high, high class. The, the whole gameplay, there's new game modes as well, co-op modes, really great graphics, uh, a great way to, uh, to budget for the perks that you want to have, like the type of weapon, the type of added features and abilities. So you really got to be strategic with how you kit out your, your player. Uh, you can also customize every single look as well. There's a virtual lobby, so you can actually check out the opposition before you go into battle. There's also a virtual firing range, so if you want to test out any new weapons. For Call of Duty fans, this is going to be a massive release. Not only the multiplayer, which is huge, but you've got to remember, this is starring Kevin Spacey, two-time Oscar winner. Games released on November the 4th. I think this is probably going to be the biggest Call of Duty by a long way. Could well be one of the biggest uh, blockbuster weekend opening releases, uh, movie or game too, really, couldn't it? I agree. It? I agree. I think uh, I've, I've gone for broke and actually requested an interview with Kevin Spacey. You don't, you don't ask, you don't get. That's my, that's my policy, mate. I've already requested an interview with Kevin Spacey. This is going to be, we've mentioned this before, this is without a doubt going to be the biggest production that he's ever been involved with. This, this thing could make a billion dollars yeah. in three days. That's going to be bigger than any other movie or TV show that he's ever done. Yeah, that's right, because like how House of Cards is huge. It's a blockbuster, but it's nothing like what this thing can turn over in one weekend, let alone any any um, you know Hollywood movie. So huge stuff, and Stephen Fennick is the go-to man in Australia for Call of Duty, let me tell you. Uh, I, I'm nervous to play it. I mean, I, I won't play it on PlayStation because I know Stephen's lurking there, and I don't want him to smash me, which is basically what would happen. Um, I'll just play the yeah. story mode. I'll understand it. I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy it for the experience. But multiplayer is just a world of people who are far too good at these games. The far, people that have far too much time on their hands too, is from what my experience. But um, <laughs> not too much, mate. Nah, yeah, but, but I have I have in my story. I put the uh, the trailers in there, and there's a really great the motion capture of Kevin Spacey is just absolutely brilliant. He plays the head of a private military corporation in a time where the world is in tatters from uh, terrorist attacks, governments have fallen, and now these private military corporations have sort of come forward to restore some sort of order. Atlas Corporation, which is uh, Kevin Spacey's company in the, in the game, is stepping forward. I can't wait for the for the campaign. It should be terrific as well. But I have embedded the uh, trailers in my story and my hands-on report of uh, on Tech Guide. As All well. right, check it out, techguide.com.au. All right, a couple of minute reviews before we let you go, Stephen, and enjoy the sights and sounds and scenes of London. You are lucky devil. Uh, I'll be back here just to... Actually, I'm going around for a lap of Mount... The reason I didn't go to... This is this is how ludicrous my motorsport fanaticism is. The reason I didn't go to London or New York was because I'm going on a hot lap of Bathurst in an SS Commodore with Craig Lowndes on Friday. So Whoa. it just shows where I'd prefer That's to be, good. you know. But anyway, um, Stephen, you, the first item on your minute review list is, is a set of headphones that I've got to be honest... Probably the best things I've ever used, not purely because of sound, not purely because of design or anything like that. They, they probably fall down in a lot of areas. But in terms of overall functionality, the Plantronics Backbeat Pros are stunning. 
I agree, Trevor. I think they tick a lot of boxes. They have noise cancelling, big tick. They are wireless, even bigger tick. They've got great audio, another big tick. So Plantronics have got a lot of history in audio. Man on Neil Armstrong on the moon actually uttered those famous words, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, through a Plantronics headset. So they've literally got decades of experience. They've poured all that into the Backbeat Pro and created a great set of headphones. 40 mil dynamic drivers in each ear cup, really comfortable leather, leather ear cups and headband, so you can wear them for extended periods. Uh, it does have that excellent noise cancellation through a dual mic system so that any noise it hears, you can cancel out with a reverse signal. Uh, but what I also like too is the battery. The uh, Backbeat, uh, Plantronics claim it's got a 60-hour battery. You could fly twice around the world on a single charge. And the beauty of that is that if you don't use it even for up to six months, the charge is going to still be there when you pick them up. What I also like too is that they're smart. There's a couple of sensors on board. When you have them on your head and when you take them off, it can tell when you've done that and it can pause your music. When you put them back on your head, it can detect that as well and play it right from where you left off. Uh, really easy to control too. The controls are on the ear cups, volume, uh, um, audio control, uh, and advancing your music and things yeah. like that. It's also got a cable, 3.5 millimeter cable, uh, so you can continue to listen even when those when the battery does eventually run down. Uh, and at $349, I think they're pretty good value. Noise-canceling headphones of this quality normally cost a bit more than that. So, uh, no, I'm a big fan of the Plantronics Backbeat Pro, and uh, my review is a tech guide. And, and quickly, my review, uh, also eftm.com.au, is, is, is almost the same as yours, mate. One of my favourite features, when you've got the noise cancelling on if you're at work in an office and you're listening to music and someone's standing next to you trying to talk to you, you, you don't have to take them off. You press a button, and, and you can actually hear them perfectly because it's got microphones and things built into it. It's a f yeah. It's an unbelievable product. Really recommend it uh, that you have a look at those reviews. Techguide.com.au listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And let's wrap it up with something that, uh, well, the company involved won't be getting it back because uh, my kids, <laughs> my kids love it. Yes, this is Ollie. Now, for the, this is from the same company that brought you Sphero. Now, Sphero is that, that ball-shaped robot. This is from that same company, Orbotics, and it is basically a tubular-shaped app-controlled robot. Now, what this does, though, it's got some nubby tires, so you can actually take this outside and get it dirty. It's like a four-wheel drive version of the Sphero, and it's all controlled using either an iOS or Android app. Very simple to use, very simple to navigate. You can pick this up and learn how to drive it within a minute. Once, once you've got it all out ready to go, as I said, you can take it outside. You can even teach it to perform tricks, spins, and various other maneuvers. It does actually get up to some speed, too. It gets over 20 kilometers per hour. So you need a little bit of space to move, hence the reason why they've got those nubby tires. You can use it outside. Uh, it's a great little device, $149.95, and you can buy it at Apple Stores and Maya, Harvey Norman, your usual places, but it's a lot of fun. doesn't do anything but run a drive around. It's not going to solve any problems or do anything like that. It's just hours of fun, kids and adults alike. The Ollie, $149.95. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, that's a wrap. You go and uh, browse the world of uh, London. I'm going to go and look at the lunar eclipse because I don't know why. <laughs> um, everyone just keeps saying do it. So I'm going to have a look. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Stephen, enjoy the next uh, day and a half in London and then enjoy some uh, time with your, uh, your family in Malta. And we'll uh, talk next yes. week this time here in Sydney on Two Blokes Talking Tech, mate.
No worries, yeah. Look forward to that, Trev. And, uh, yeah, I'll be seeing all my relatives in Malta. They're avid listeners of Two Blokes Talking Tech, no doubt. And uh, I'll be seeing them in a couple of days. Shout out to our Malta Maltese friends. Ciao. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.